0: We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com/bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.
1: Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurchchurch/give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Bibles up. Let's make our
2: confession of faith together. Let's go for God's glory. This is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe. I obey. I manifest and that settles it in jesus name amen so god we are open and we are ready speak with strength speak with authority speak with power Stir this atmosphere tonight in this building and online i come against tiredness i come against sickness i command your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet for everything to come into alignment you've got to be healthy You've got to be healed. I command discouragement to get off of you. I pray it roll off your back like it was raining tonight in Denver. I pray it roll off of you. I pray frustration would roll off of you. I pray anxiety would roll off of you. I pray that tonight, just like what was released in Atlanta, I pray that tonight fire hits this extreme. I pray fire hit this experience in this building and online. Come on, stir the water with me, y'all. Stir the atmosphere with me, y'all. How do you stir it? You stir it with a praise. How do you stir it? You stir it with your worship. How do you stir it? You stir it with your shout. How do you stir it? You get out of your comfort zone. You don't make it about you. You make it about God. Stir. 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 Stir this atmosphere. Let it be like the waters that were stirred for the man next to the pool. That when he stepped in, and when they stepped in, they were healed. Woo. Stir your section, stir your house, stir your fa- Come on, get up out your seat and clap your hands. Come on. In the building and online. We're about to move on. But I need you to make sure you stir this atmosphere. You're stepping into the best days of your life ever. You're stepping into the best moments of your life ever. Star Wednesday, star Wednesday, star. On three, release a great shout and then we're going to move on. But I want you to shout like you're calling your stuff in the order. Shout like you're calling your family into order. Shout like you're calling your finances into order. Shout like you're calling your body into order. Shout like you're calling discouragement out of place and you're calling your life into order. One, two, three, go! Hey! Hey! Glory to God. Glory to God. This from two or three people. Say welcome to winning season. Welcome. Grab a seat. Welcome to winning season. Welcome to winning season. I need you to be comfortable with celebrations Wednesday because you are in the winning season of your life. Mm. I need you to be comfortable uh, with parties. I need you to be comfortable, watch me, with a lot of shouting, a lot of clapping, and a lot of dancing. Why? Because when you get to December 31, 2022, you are going to say, This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Come on, I need you to speak this over your life. Say, It's my winning season. It- This month's series has been how to win no matter what you're in. And on Sunday night from Atlanta, I showed you from 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now, thanks be to who? God. You will never get new victory if you're not thankful for old victory. You're never going to get new breakthrough unless you're thankful for old breakthrough. You are never going to see new wins unless you're thankful for old wins. Let me check the room. Let me check online. How many of you can say, God, I'm thankful for what you've already done in my life? See, I need some of y'all watch me to just think about how low you were and how far down he had to pick you up and snatch you from. I need you to think just about how he had to pull you out of some mess and pull you out of some drama and get you away from some crazy people and get you out of certain cities and get you out of certain environments and get you from away from certain circumstances. Somebody say, "I'm thankful. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now, I've said this over and over again. God will not force you into victory. He will lead you into victory. And leadership means that you have to be submissive. Pay attention. Um, Submission begins where agreement ends. God will not force you to win, which means if you want to do it your way, he'll stand by the side and say, do it your way. But I think there's some people in the building and online tonight that can say, I've tried it my way and my way has not worked. So I'm open to being led to victory. And being led means sometimes God's going to take me on journeys that do not make sense. You're going to do things that you do not understand. You're going to take detours in your journey that make no sense. You're going to have delays that have you frustrated and make you want to holler. But if I'm being led, that means, watch me, the outcome is not on me. My only responsibility is to obey. My only responsibility is to follow the word. My only responsibility is to stay in a place of honor. My only responsibility is to stay in a place of love. My only responsibility is to not let crazy people make me act crazy. Come on, open your mouth, Wednesday, say, lead me, Lord, lead me. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place, which means our wins are a witness. In other words, God says, when you get a win, don't be talking about, look at what I did. Don't be talking about, look at me. Don't be talking about, I did this. Uh-uh. God says, every time you get a win, that is a witness for God, which means God says, I want you to win. So everywhere you go, people see what a winner looks like. People see what victory looks like. And watch me, since he's leading you into triumph, this means that there's going to be battles. Look at me. Stop thinking that it's going to be easy and it's not going to be a battle. I just know the outcome of the battle. The outcome of the battle is that I win. Stop thinking that you're not going to have some challenges. Stop thinking you're not going to have some people talk about you. Stop thinking that you're not going to have, watch me, the people who should be helping you fight, turn, and fight you. But the outcome is I win. I hope you sit next to a winner. Can you just elbow somebody next to you and tell them, say, you win, you win, you win, you win wrong person wrong person when you say something like that they should put a praise behind it fist bump somebody say you win you win you win you win you win you win which means the reason i'm not tripping is i know the outcome the reason i'm not worried is i know the outcome the reason you can't let a bad email, a bad text, a bad this, that, or the other get you frustrated is because you can say, I know the outcome. There's only two possible outcomes in this for me. It's either win or win. Now, look at this. In John 15, 8, the Bible says, My father is glorified and honored by this, pay attention, when you bear much fruit. In other words, God says, The purpose of your victory is so that you bear fruit. And in bearing fruit, this means you have something to show. Look at me. You have not gone through all the hell you've gone through. Cried the tears that you've cried just so you can say, I made it. Oh, no. You're going to say, I made it, and I got some fruit to prove it. You're going to say, I made it, and I got something to show for it. You're going to say, I made it, and look at what the Lord has done. I don't know who's feeling discouraged right here and right now where you don't feel like you have much fruit. I'm so glad you didn't let the first eight months of this year punk you. Because you're about to see God do more in these next four. I need you, please, Wednesday, to open up your mouth and say, and I'll see big fruit. Now, he says, by this, my father is glorified and honored when you bear much fruit, much fruit, much fruit, much fruit, much fruit, much fruit, much fruit. much fruit." So God is into us bearing fruit and fruit is not just material things, because what good are material things if you are crazy? All right. Now, flip side, it's not just, well, oh, I got peace and you don't have anything else. Got it? God says, I am into you bearing fruit, which means you are shalom. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. All is well. I may not be where I want to be. I can thank God I'm not where I used to be. And look what he says. And this by this, you prove yourself to be my true disciples or students. God says, proof that you're an actual student and not just somebody who logs in and watches. Proof that you're an actual student and not just somebody that sits, watch me, in the building and takes notes but doesn't do anything with the notes that you take is that you got some fruit to show. I need you to prophesy to yourself, say, and you'll have much fruit, and you'll have... (laughs) There ought to be something to show for what you're learning. There ought to be something to show for what you're being taught, and if there's nothing to show, there is not a problem with the delivery. There's not a problem with the word. There is an issue with your ability to be led, it's quiet in the building tonight, right? Watch me. He leads us to triumph. This message tonight is called a winning plan because Proverbs 21 and 5 says, good planning and hard work. Let's stop right there. So if he leads us into triumph, that means it's going to be what? Battles. Means it's going to be what? Fights. Now, God says, you're going to have to have a good plan and you're going to have to work hard. Which means this whole notion that I sit back and do nothing, and God does everything, is not the idea. Good planning and what? Hard work, which means I pray your work ethic match your prayers. You can't pray big and work small. Y'all not going to say nothing. You, you, you cannot pray for big stuff and then want to only fight little, little, little baby battles. No. If you want to be, be King David, you're going to have to fight some Goliaths. If you want to see some big things, you're going to have to deal with some big challenges and obstacles. I pray your work ethic match the level of your prayer request. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Lift your hands and say, Lord, make my work ethic match the level of my prayer requests. It's amazing. Sometimes people will pray for all these things that they don't work for, that they do nothing to prepare for. You, 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 you praying, I want a godly spouse. You are doing nothing to prepare for one. You are doing nothing to prepare for one. It's, say something to me. Right? You're doing nothing to prepare. You say, I want to I wanna be a chief executive. And watch me. And you're a bad employee. I pray that your work ethic match your prayer requests. You got what I'm saying? All right, look at the screen. It says good planning and what? Hard work lead to what? Prosperity. What is the same word in this verse that you saw in 2 Corinthians 2.14? Lead. Which means eventually that's what it's going to produce. You cannot get so frustrated saying, I got a good plan and I'm working hard and nothing has happened. It's been two weeks of you consistently working the plan. How are you mad that you only worked it for a little bit and it didn't work for you yet? That's like planting a seed today and being mad that you don't have fruit tomorrow. It's quiet right through here. I'll shout you in a minute. All right, watch me. Good planning and hard work lead to what? Prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to what? Poverty, eventually. See, a lot of us, um, a lot of people in culture today, you're looking at people on social media, and you think, oh, man, they just did this, and they got this, they got, they got this, and they doing this, and they doing this, and they doing that, and all that. And, and not recognizing that eventually, if you didn't have the good plan, and you didn't put in the hard work, that eventually, the Bible says, there are hasty shortcuts. See, I know they slept their way up. And I know you're like, well, maybe I should just do what she did. Maybe I should just do what he did, y'all. ain't going to talk to me. But watch me. I'm here to tell somebody your hard work is about to pay off. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell somebody your planning, spending hours working through your plan, it's about to pay off. Matter of fact, in the next four months, you're going to see the payback. You're going to see the dividends. I need you to lift your hands and worship God. Say it's about to pay off. All right, so here it is. Let's go. Um, I gave you the first five strategies in your winning plan. I gave you the first five strategies in your winning plan. I've taught you, number one, to win, you have to have a desire to win. Say, I desire to win. Now watch me. Jeremiah 29 and 11. This is a familiar passage of Scripture if you grew up in church. For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you to give you a hope and a future and all that. But let's, let's look at the verse. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. Say, God is a planner. God doesn't get caught off guard. So I need you to stop acting like, oh, what are you going to do? He's like, exactly what I planned to do before it happened. See, the Bible says that he starts at the end of a thing and walks his way back to the beginning. He's alpha and omega, beginning at the end. He starts at the end, walks his way back to the beginning. So you and I, when we walk from one, two, three, four, God is walking from four, three, two, one. Which means, watch me, uh, God says, I have already worked out your step three before you ever got to step two. I already worked out your step two before you ever got to step one. This is why he says things like, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Well, if you knew me, what were you doing? He said, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. What does this mean? God says, I already had a plan for you that was laid out for you before you ever got here. I need some of y'all to hear me. It may feel coincidental to you. It may feel accidental to you. Let me help you. It may feel like you're just wandering and meandering. You're not. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, all things are going according to plan. All things. Look at me. Even some of your failures and some of your mistakes are part of the plan. Why? God says, I got to take you on this journey so that you can learn something over here that's going to be necessary over here. I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for what? Good. It's on the screen. And not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Let's break it down. God says, I got good plans. God does not have nightmares. Say good plans. And look what he says. They're not for disaster. Which means, look at me, God is never going to end on a negative. I need you to stop getting mad like, oh my God, this is how it is. No, God is not going to let it end in disaster because disaster is not the end of the plan. He says, my plans are for your good and not for disaster. Which means every disaster, God says, I'm going to use it to get something good out of your life. I'm going to use your story for my glory. Look at the next part, verse 12. In those days when you pray, I will listen. Verse 13. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Verse 14, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Look at me. The children of Israel during this verse, this series of verses, were in 70 years, particularly Judah. They were in 70 years of Babylonian captivity. And God says to them, look, guys, for 70 years, this is where you're going to be. Babylon means confusion. For 70 years, you're going to be in a Babylonian situation. For 70 years, your life is going to be confusing. Okay, I'll say it again. For 70 years, your whole journey is going to be in a state of confusion. He says, but I'm going to use the place that you're at to get glory out of your story. So he told them, stop trying to get out of it. And he said, instead, plant, uh, plant vineyards and pray for the prosperity of the city. He said, while you are in time out, I need you to make the most of the time. And for some of y'all, you keep complaining about where you're at instead of maximizing where you're at. And the moment you start maximizing where you're at, God says, I can let you up out of that. Come on. Look at somebody next to you and say, maximize where you're at. Maximize where I know it's not the most ideal situation, but maximize it. I know you don't want to do it, but maximize it. I know sometimes you get frustrated, but maximize it. I need you to learn how to take a bad hand and play that bad hand well. Open up your mouth, shout, maximize it. Look, he says, verse 12, in those days when you pray, I will listen. You'll look for me, you will find me. He says, so two things are going to need to happen for you to win. You're going to have to pray, you're going to have to look. Here's how desire works. I pray and then I look. What am I looking for? What I pray for. I pray and then I look. I pray and then I look. I pray and then I look. After I look, I go back and pray. I pray and then I look. I pray and then I look. For some, here's why you don't have desire. You pray and you never look. Look means I got to go on a search, which means I'm looking for something good. Oh, my God. I'm looking for a piece of good information. I'm looking for something to shout about. See, some of you, you pray and then you expect it to be dropped off. That's not what he said. He said, I need you to pray, and then I need you to go look for it. I need you to pray for the job and go look for the job. I don't need you sitting back. I'm just waiting on somebody to call me. Baby, you better go look because the scripture says you're going to have to pray and look. I'm just waiting on the right house. Pray and look. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Pray and look. Pray and look. Pray and look. Pray and look. For some of you, on Thursday, you're going to look and you're going to find it. I'll preach my own self happy for some of you, you're going to pray for something tonight. And on Thursday, you're going to go look for it. And when you look for it, you're going to say, what I prayed for? I found it. Cause I... And your name's about to be brought up. And they're going to say, we've been looking for you. And you'll say, but well, I've been looking for you. Look at somebody and say, go look for it. Wrong person. When you say something like that, I need them to respond with some, with some praise or something. Look at somebody else say, go look for it. You ready? About, I'm just believing God to cancel some of that. Pray and go look for ways for it to get canceled. Pray and go look and see if you qualify for the cancellation plan. Every time you get a prophetic word, that are, those are instructions for you to go look for what was prophesied. You don't sit back waiting. You go get what you just were prophesied, which means I'm looking for it. Several years ago, somebody, uh, uh, not several years ago, about a year or so ago, somebody prophesied, said, Bishop, look for this and this and this, and it's going to be in this dollar range. You know what I did? That afternoon at the hotel while I was preaching, I started looking for what she had just told me. I said, because I'm going to find what you just prophesied. I pray and I look. See, here's desire. I pray and I look. You will lose desire if you only do looking and no praying. You will lose desire if you only do praying and no looking. I got to pray and I got to look you praying for your family to get better. Pray and go look for something to make it better. Ooh-wee. Praying for your marriage to get better. Go pray and look for something for it to get better. You're just, I'm just praying, and you ain't looking. He says, you're going to pray, and then you're going to what? Look. And God says, when you do this, verse 14, I'm going to be found by you. I'm going to end your captivity and restore your fortunes. What does this mean? I'm going to bring it all together. God says, if you have desire, I'm going to bring Everything together. God is constructing different parts of your life in different places. There's certain things he's constructing over here. You ain't even met them yet. I'm going to preach my own stuff. There's certain people that are being prepared for you that you've never even met. That when they see you, there's going to be a click. It's going to be like David and Jonathan. I ain't met you until today, but when I met you, click. Oh, my God. You're about to experience some clicks in your life, and I don't mean that in a negative way. You're about to meet somebody, and they're going to say, you know what? I don't know what it is about you, but I just feel like I'm supposed to write you this $150,000 check. I just heard that for somebody. God constructs parts of your life in different places. So there's parts of your life he's got over here, and you ain't admitting people. There's parts of your life over here you ain't even seen this piece of property. There's there's certain things that over here, you've not even seen this yet. There's different pieces that are in different places that God constructs. And at the end of this verse, he's telling uh, them in Judah, I'm going to bring it all together. In the next four months of your life, lift your hands. He brings it all together. Your faith is a little too low. Your faith is a little too low. I rebuke the enemy that's in some of y'all's ears right now saying, it ain't gonna happen for you. It is gonna happen for you. I rebuke the enemy saying, don't get your hopes up. Uh uh. Get them all the way up. 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 He will exceed. Your expectations. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I ask or think. Open up your mouth and say he's bringing it all together. He's bringing bringing the right people in the right places, in the right circumstances, in the right situations. He's bringing it all together. Number two, this is your winning plan. Discipline to win. 1 Corinthians 9.25, I showed you this. 1 Corinthians 9.25, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. What does he say? Every athlete who goes into training. So first off, he says, I need you to view your life like you're an athlete. How many current or former athletes in the building and online? Wave at me. All right. Some of y'all are Bishop. I ain't ran since (laughs) fifth grade recess. Listen. All right. Okay. Here's the deal. As an athlete, you are always trained. You know what amazes me about athletes? They are always in the off-season getting ready to be in-season. When you ain't on, I need you to be training for when you're going to be on. When ain't nobody calling your name, I need you to be ready for when everybody's going to call your name. When you're not booked, I need you to be training for when you're going to be overbooked. When nothing's going right, I need you to be training for when everything is going to go right it'll hit you like a whirlwind if you're not prepared. So the Apostle Paul says treat your life like you're an athlete. Look at me. Athletes, they can't eat what everybody else eats. They can't stay up like everybody else stay up. They can't consume what everybody else consumes. Watch me. They, they have to have a disciplined regimen and a disciplined routine to ensure that they always win. Why? Because you'll get into a game you should win and lose because your arrogance took away your discipline. I pray your discipline matches the level of your wins. Come on, y'all. I pray your discipline. Because some of you, look at me, you're disciplined in certain areas, but there's other areas where you lack. And I want you to see this verse. Every athlete who goes into training and competes in the game and disciplines, uh, and is discipline and exercises, self-control, look at the next part. in all things. Yeah. So here's the problem. Some of y'all are real, are real good at praying. okay? That's, but that's where your discipline ends. That's all you do. You don't do anything else. Some of you don't pray at all. You live by the day I woke up, Lord lead me. <laughs> Lord, do it. And the Lord is like, okay, like and, right, watch me. For some, you are very disciplined with your tongue, but you are very lazy with your actions. Come on, this is gonna get real tonight. You are, I mean, you speak faith in the name of Jesus, and I decree and I declare and roto. I, I mean, you your tongues have a role like you're speaking Spanish. <laughs> I mean, sound real deep in spiritual Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Look at me. Um, he says they're disciplined in all things because you may not recognize the correlation between a lack of discipline in one area and a lack of wins in another. So, 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 so case in point, uh, if you've ever gone to a chiropractor, or, or, Actually, let's not even go that deep. If you're ever going to a masseuse, anybody ever going to a masseuse? Anybody ever going to a masseuse? Alright, a, a masseuse masseuse. Not your cousin. <laughs> let's get quiet. Okay, all right. No, okay. Eh, okay, maybe your cousin is a masseuse. Okay, here's the deal. Here's his name. So I remember one time I went in, and I'm going to be honest, I don't particularly care for massages. And the reason is, bec- and this is why is because my experience has been, I'm like, I can do that. You ain't doing nothing but rubbing lotion on my back. (laughs) I said, all you're doing is, come here, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I'm like, I can do this. (laughs) It's going to be okay. So when I get them, I need you to rub. Mm. But not too much now, because then I'm going to say, now you're doing too much. But like, do more than just when well, you say it medium pressure, right? I'm like, but well, that ain't no pressure. That, I, all right, now, so, so when I get them, I have to make sure, I literally, I have to go interview the masseuse to make sure I, I look. I said, you don't, you can't do it. Um, I got to make sure they can do it. Now, pay attention. I remember one time I went, and I said, well, I'm having, I'm, there's, there's, there's some, some pain in one area. And it's like over here. And they, said, and they were working over here. I said, the pain's over here. Why are you touching over here? Because those two things are connected. And so while you are undisciplined over here, it's creating pain over here. Y'all not going to say nothing. Watch me. While you won't forgive, you don't recognize that's why you always feel depressed. Why? Because you're not forgiving somebody. God says, I cannot forgive you. You're like, these two things have nothing to do with one another, but they do. Say, I'm disciplined in all things. Right? Right? Here we go. Number three, remember your training. Remember your training. I introduced this to you Sunday night in Atlanta. And David says this. This is your winning plan. Psalm 144 and 1, a Psalm of David. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Okay, what does rock mean? It's, it's what I can depend on. For some of you, I need to be honest with you. You, look at me, you have learned to depend on you. So sometimes he has to put you in situations where you can't even depend on you. Sometimes God has to put you in situations where you're like, God, this is on you. Because I can't even do nothing. How many of you got some situations right now where you're like, God, if you don't do this. See, David said, "Blessed be the Lord, my rock. In other words, you're the thing I'm depending on. You're the thing that I'm resting on. You're the thing that I get my firm foundation. Sometimes you need to go through the day and just tell them, Lord, you're my provider. Lord, you make ways for me. Lord, I'm dependent on you. Lord, I put my faith and confidence in no person. I put my faith and confidence in you. What are you doing? You're letting them know he's your rock. Come on, open up your mouth, and Say, he's my, he's my rock. Come on, say that thing with authority. Say, he's my rock. He's my rock. <clears throat> so look. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war. Who trains you to fight? God. So, remember, he leads us into what? Triumph. God says, your whole life I've been training you not to be no punk. When I say punk, I mean one that doesn't want to battle, that doesn't want to fight. You know my problem with American Christianity is that it's the exact antithesis of this verse. American Christianity is, come on, everyone. let get Jesus in your hearts. Come on, just, just lift Christ up. And I've been listening sometimes and so say, what are you talking about? Because I'm trying to figure out what, what about that? What's I me? mean? If you, if, let me say it this way. If you turn the body of Christ into a bunch of non-warriors, wow. non-fighters, wow. non-gladiators... Then watch me. The enemy has to do nothing except say boo and his body bows. But I'm so glad you ain't sitting next to a punk. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you ain't streaming with a punk. I'm so glad you're next to somebody that said he's trained my hands for. I ain't scared of no war. I ain't scared of no battle. God has been training me. I'm a gladiator. I'm a warrior. Come on, Wizards. Say, I'm a gladiator. I'm a warrior. Say, I'm born to fight. And when I fight, I always win. When I fight, I always win. He trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Let out a battle cry right there, y'all. Come on online, let out a battle cry in your house. I know you are tired of fighting, but you're trained to fight. I know you're tired of fighting, but you're built to fight. And I pray that tonight God give you your fire to fight. I pray he give you the fire to fight. Come on fist bump two, three people around you say you need fire to fight. You you ain't giving up now. You're not throwing in the towel now. You ain't going out like this. No weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper and every tongue that rises in judgment, it shall be condemned. Look at me. So here's where many many people mess it up. Except you. Because you're spiritual. You've been trained but you won't do it. You've been trained but you won't do what you're trained to do. Look at the screen. David says, He trains my hands for what? War! What does war mean? Hostile encounters. God says, I've trained you to deal with some hostile stuff. I've trained you to deal with some stuff that people come at you sideways and you're like, Why are you coming at me with this? I've trained you for hostility. But I don't need you, pay attention, but I don't need you to take on the spirit of the hostile circumstance. I just need you to be trained on how to deal with hostile circumstances. Come on, y'all. I need you to learn how to have somebody come at you crazy and you keep your peace in such a way to where they shock like, oh, my God, I I just knew they were going to squabble. Baby, I trained for this. You train for people talking about you. That's why I don't phase you. You train for people giving up on you. That's why you're like, do what you're going to do, but I'm going with the goers. I need you to check your section in this building and make sure you sit next to a goer. Just look at him and just say, I'm a goer. I'm a goer? Mm -hmm. Then he trains my fingers for battle. Pay attention. God says, I train your hands for war. I train your fingers for battle. What do fingers mean here? He says, Details. God says, I've been detailed in your preparation. I've been detailed in your. Pre- There's a reason you grew up in this place, around those people, dealing with that spirit, with those generational curses, with that issue in that city, at that school, at that job, with that ex, with that this, with that. Because I was getting into the details to make sure that when you got to an unexpected, look at battles, an unexpected engagement or battle, that whenever you got to something unexpected, your details were done in such a way that it could handle what was unexpected. When they build a plane, they build a plane to handle the unexpected. When they build an automobile, they build it to handle the unexpected. Look at me, you have been built to handle the unexpected. Come on, Wednesday. You have been built to deal with stuff to where you can get a call right before you got to go do something and say, I know exactly what to do right through here. I've never had this happen before, but he got into the details when he trained me and he made sure I'd have everything that I needed so I'd be able to do everything I'm supposed to do. So what is the third part of your plan? Remember your training question. Um, what has he trained you for? How do I know? Well, what have you been through? What you've been through is your training. For some of you, you have been trained to deal with rejection. So why do you fear it? I don't like your silence. For some of you, you have been trained to deal with inconsistent people. So why, when you see inconsistency, does it mess with you? You've been trained to be the consistent thing around inconsistent people. You've been trained, watch me, to keep it moving while other people are trying to block it. You have been trained, watch me, how to be around people who talk the talk but don't walk the walk. So why do you keep saying, I'm just so frustrated because they ain't doing what they're supposed to do. Shut your mouth. I need you to remember your training. Remember your training. Remember your training. It's kind of like if if you're a preacher, if you're going to preach, you can't get up and say, well, you all, I don't have anything prepared. What have you trained for? You better quote a scripture. You, you better figure something out. What did you train for? That's like being a receptionist. And you answering phones. Like, well, somebody called and they was crying. I don't know what to do. Ma'am, you better figure it out. Remember your... But I don't know how to deal with this. The number one reason that planes crash, and I've talked to this before, is not because of mechanical failure. The plane is built for it. The plane is built for it. The plane is built to take turbulence. Y'all better talk to me. The plane is built to take turbulence. I need you to hear me. God has built your whole life to handle turbulence. Whatever you're in, whatever you're facing, you were built for that. Watch me. The number one reason that planes crash is because pilots forget their training when they're under pressure. They forget what they were trained to do. Lift your hands. I pray that you would remember your training. And that you would remember it when you need it most. You have trained for this. You have, for this. you have prepared 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 for this. You have trained for this. You have trained for the Super Bowl. Come on. You've trained for Goliath. You've trained to get your big breakthrough. You have trained for this. Come on, every person that knows you've been trained, I need you to open your mouth, release worship for five seconds. Go train, people. Five, four, come on, three, two. Oh, my God. Come on, say, I trained for this. So look at me. So stop acting surprised. Stop acting brand new. Stop acting so frustrated and overwhelmed. You trained for this. That's like an ER doctor saying, all these people come in here bleeding. <laughs> dude, that's the job. I just need you to go get a teaspoon of hood, look at the person next to you, do it or do that. Actually, we just keep it dude because dude is a unisex word. Right, right? Just, 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 just say, just say dude, dude. That's the job. You cannot get mad if you work in the ER. All these people coming in here bleeding. All these people coming in here and they got broken arms. All these people coming in here and they hollering and screaming. It is the emergency room. You ready? That's like being a coroner and say, all these people, all these corpses coming in here. Sir, the job means you got to deal with what's no longer alive. That's the job. You are a winner, which means you have to do what's necessary to win. That's the job, and you're trained for it, and you got it, and you are gonna win. You know how I know? Because even if you don't want to, your neighbor ain't gonna let you lose. Come on, come on, be their backup tonight. They need a little backup, I can tell. They need a little backup. Touch them on the shoulder, say, I got you tonight. Come on, online, tag somebody. I got you tonight. I got you tonight. Stretch your hands towards the screen. I got you tonight. I got you. are not going to lose. We're in this thing together. And if you ever consider giving up, I'm going to pray you through it. If you ever consider walking away, I'm going to pray you through it. Remember your training. Number four. Number four. Number four. I taught you this on in Atlanta. At this point, the church was um it's tearing the church up. In Atlanta. For those of you that were there, y'all remember. They was tearing the church up by there. Everybody the whole altar was full. Say, so eat, eat your bread. Now, um, so now this is a good bread to eat. <laughs> it's a good bread to eat. Numbers 14.9. Look at me. So the children of Israel, here's what you want to know it's a trip for me Wednesday? God tells them, I've given you the promised land. It's yours. It's yours. It's already done. And then you know what he told them? Now go fight for it. Look at me. How are you going to tell me it's mine and then say go fight? Because that's the job. That's the way it works. How you gonna tell me it's mine and say go fight? You know what I discovered um, uh, when, when uh, the English uh, queen died, all the money that her children got that came with the job. I'll talk over here because they don't, they don't speak the queen's English apparently over here. <laughs> Let me speak over here. The job came with benefits. But the job also comes with burdens. I'm going to give you all an opportunity to speak the Queen's English over here. Right, you ready? The job comes with benefits. They said, uh, not Charles, but his son, got 1.3 billion, I said, let me do my ancestry, because I think, I'm light-skinned, I don't know, I, Hey, Queen, what's going on, baby girl? How you doing? (laughs) Look me up. Check the papers again. (laughs) I wear one of them little white wigs. For $1.3 billion, I wear a white wig. I wear the little white stockings. Whatever. Let's go. (laughs) Look, I wear some orthopedic shoes for 22 minutes for $1.3 billion. Let me hold on to that. How many churches I can plant with that? How many decisions? I get my thousand decisions, but 1.3 billion? Get saved today. You can hold on to this, but tell them yes. All right, listen. So, so, so look. So it comes with the seed. Now, um, when it comes to God, God will make you a promise. And then he's going to say, Now go fight to obtain what I promise you. Part of that is qualifying to make sure when you get the promise, you can keep the promise. Because to to get the promise, it requires actions that are going to be necessary to keep it. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, he adds no sorrow. Which means anything that God gives you, God wants you to keep. Because he always leads you into triumph. Watch me. What you get in these next four, I prophesy you won't lose. Come on. I need to make sure I got some faith people in the building. Say, and I won't lose it. I. So... He tells, so he tells, he tells them, you all go take the land. The name of the land is Canaan. Now, Canaan has a bunch of different family, ethnic groups that have settled. The Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Ites, all right? The Ites have settled in their land. And God says, it's yours. But you're going to have to go dispossess them. I just want you to think about what that means. I want you to think about what that means. All right, so God's like, this is your chair, okay? But somebody's sitting in your chair. Um, anybody remember the movie Clueless? Y'all remember when Cher's dad walked in and, and somebody was sitting in his chair and he walked in and he said, Get out of my chair. Okay, okay, y'all. Then y'all ain't seen Clueless because y'all look at to be like, Yeah, yeah. And then y'all ain't seen the movie. All right, all right. So, okay, let's just scratch Clueless. Here we go. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. God says, This is yours. It's got your name on it. I've promised it to you. But somebody else is in it right now. That's your house. Your your property, your car, your peace, your joy, whatever it is, whatever promise you want to find in the word of God, that's yours. But Here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to go fight who's in it to say, get up out my chair. And here's the deal. Do you think... After they didn't had the chair, that they just going to get a chair up? See, some of y'all, God is looking at you like, why are you expecting this to be easy? Just because I promised it doesn't mean I'm going to take away the price you got to pay. The price is the price. But it's about to be worth it. I need some faith people in the building that can open your mouth and say, and it's going to be worth it. Numbers 14.9. So 12 spies go into the land. These are all leaders that have been training under Moses. They have been training under Moses. Moses has poured into them, Moses has checked them, Moses has corrected them, 12 of them going to the land. They come out with these big old grapes and they bring the grapes, back. It, it, the grapes are so much, they gotta bring the grapes back on big old, uh, big old, big poles, they gotta put the grapes on. And they come back, 10 of them are like, we can't do this. They were like, this is, look at the fruit. Look, this is exactly what we prayed for. It's exactly what we wanted but we can't do it. They said, we are like grasshoppers in our sight. And so we were in their sight. Here's my question. How do you know that? Because the Bible never says y'all talk to them. Which means, here's what happened. The price is the price. Part of why you have to fight for it is so God can kill your insecurities. Mm. You better touch somebody on the shoulder and say he's going to kill your insecurity. Oh. Uh Uh-uh, wrong one. Touch somebody else on the shoulder. Say, he's about to annihilate your insecurity. You going to walk in there and say, I'm here because I deserve to be here. Not because of any goodness of my own, but because of the goodness of my God. So they say we can't do it. We're almost done. They say we can't do it except two of them. Two. Two is the biblical number of witness. What are the two guys' names? Joshua and Caleb. So, so the 10 are trying to, look at me, there's always more doubters than believers. And for many of you, here's why this is an important lesson. is because you're looking for validation from the crowd instead of the two. You want everybody to be with you. And instead, it may be only be a couple folk that's gonna be like, we are well able. You ready? So, The 10 say we can't do it. They riling the people up. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't. Yeah, these grapes are good, but we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. Let's just make some wine and some with these grapes. Let's just have some fruit salad, some with these grapes, because we can't do them. We're not going to be able to do this. Joshua and Caleb, they're like, what are you talking about? Look what they say on the screen. Do not fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Which means, pay attention, Joshua was saying, Caleb was saying, here's what we need to do. We need to use what's coming against us as fuel for us. So every time something negative happens, you need to say, yep, you should have did that to me. Because now, trust me. How many of you have ever done something and what motivated you to do it is because somebody said you couldn't? God says, that's the same way I need you to use every enemy. What's an enemy? Anything that opposes your forward progress. The more it says you can't, the more you need to use that as your food. And God says, I need you to eat every day, which is why every day you think, oh, it's going to be a wonderful day. Ain't nobody going to do that. God says, I'm going to make them do something so you can eat. Oh, my God. Some of y'all look hungry. You look hungry because you've been avoiding your enemies instead of eating them. I wish I had some faith people in this building. And online tonight, somebody said, I'm ready to eat. I'm ready. Which means every time somebody talks about you, eat. Every time doubt shows up, eat. Every time negativity shows up, eat. Every time something says you ain't going to be able to do it, I need you to go eat. This is what we eat. So I eat what's trying to stop me. I eat what's trying to block me. It becomes my fuel. It's what motivates me. The impossibility motivates me. I'm going to say that again. The imp- you ain't never going to be able to do that. Oh, I'm not? Oh, oh, well, you're going to start something now. You shouldn't have told me that. Why? Because I've already done what said, what they said couldn't be done when they said it couldn't be done. You just gave me another sandwich. Oh, my God. I need you to prophesy to three people on your road. Say, eat good this week. Eat good this week. Online, eat good this week. Now, watch this part of the verse. We got to go. The Bible says their protection has departed from them. Now, this is interesting because if their protection departed, that means at one point their their protection was present, which means in your journey, there's certain things, there's certain shots you fired, things you did that didn't work when you did it. It didn't work when you did it. You applied, and they told you no. You tried, and they shut it down. You, you tried to take a step forward, and you got a call thinking that the deal you have negotiated was good to only find out the deal was over. Oh, my God. But what you don't understand is, watch me, your protection has departed. Pay attention, Wednesday, which means God says, at one point, what you tried didn't work. But watch me, but it will work because their protection has departed from them. Listen to me, Wednesday. Everything, lift your hands. Everything, 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 where you felt as if your protection and what you tried to do would not work. I prophesy this effective immediately over every enemy, over every obstacle over every challenge, over every difficulty. Effective 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. September 14th, 2022. With 11 days left in the spiritual year, I prophesy that every enemy's protection departs now. Oh my God. Departs now. Departs now. Departs now. I need you to worship God like he just took their shields off. I need you to worship God like he's about to make them give you what you asked for. I need you to worship God. God, don't let me be the only one. Can I just get three radical people in the building? Can I get three radical people online? Their protection has departed. Their protection has departed. And the underwriters gonna see it in your favor, and the bank's gonna see it in your. Come on, open up your mouth. Say, "Their protection has departed." Their protection has departed. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You ready for this? Can I give you this? (laughs) Um. Um. God is such a planner. And not only does he have plans for you, let me show you his plans. You ready for this? For what's come against you. He just told them, Numbers 14, 9, it says, their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with you. Do not fear them. So look at Jeremiah fifty forty five. I want you to hear how God, what he's about to do to what's come against you. And if you don't shout off of this, I know a city that will shout, y'all. Everybody going to shout. Um, Jeremiah fifty forty five. Therefore, hear the plans that the Lord has drawn up against Babylon and the strategies he has devised against the land of the Chaldeans. Look at me. When Joshua and Caleb said, they are our bread, what they're saying is, not only will we eat from that, but God actually has a plan for what's been messing with me too. He has a plan for anxiety. He has a plan for those people giving you hell for no good reason. Y'all not gonna say nothing to me? He has a plan for every generational curse. He has a plan. Look at what the scripture says. Look at the plans that the Lord has drawn up. Come on, open your mouth and say, there's plans for what's come against me. He's going to make them wish they never ever mess with. Say, so he has plans for me and them too. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. So here's the fifth thing that i would given you on Sunday night in Atlanta. I told you to cheat. <laughs> Say cheat. Second Chronicles twenty twenty two. 22 Wednesday. <laughs> so let me teach you. Whenever there's something called... Biblical numerology is called Gamancha, which means the spiritual significance of numbers. What year are you in? So this is your verse. What is to mean? Witness. So I taught you part of your battle plan, part of your winning plan has to be, look at me, that you're gonna cheat. I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose Monopoly. <laughs> I don't like to lose Jenga. I don't, no, seriously, I don't like to lose phase t- I don't like to lose nothing. I don't like to lose $4. I will send somebody to the store to go get my $4. Listen, <laughs> it's the truth. I, listen, 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 I don't. I don't like to lose. And it's not because of a pride or arrogance thing, it's because my mentality is that I am supposed to win. Say that, say, I'm supposed to win. God has a built-in method as part of your plan where God says you're supposed to win, but I'm going to give you a way to cheat. Because there's going to be some times where you're in battles where it doesn't seem like there's any good way for victory. It's going to seem like you're caged in. So, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, everybody's standing at home, everybody's standing in this building. We're done. King Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Judah means praise. They are surrounded He gets word at the beginning of the chapter that three groups of people are getting ready to come against him. And it's amazing to me how you unite people that would not normally come together. What do you mean? It's amazing how people that don't like one another can come together about how much they don't like you. It's amazing how people that wouldn't normally deal with one another can come together to start some mess with you. So King Jehoshaphat, the people of Ammon, the people of all these different places, they come together. And when they come together, say three different groups. Uh-huh. Say Ammonites, Moabites, Mount Sarites. They all come against Jehoshaphat. And when they come against Jehoshaphat, if look at me, when they come against Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat calls a fast at the beginning of the chapter. When he calls a fast at the beginning of the chapter, they fast and pray, and here's what the word of the Lord is. He says, you're not going to have to fight this battle. Look at me, but you're going to have to show up for this battle. And about somebody next to you say, you will have to show up. Say, you will have to show up. Say it again. Say, you will have to show up. Say it again. Say, you will have to show up. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Tell them again. Say, you will have to show up. Now, look, they come together, and when they come together, the Bible says that they did things in an order. They put the, 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 they put the praise team in the front. They had the priests, all that. They put the men of God, all that. And, and then when they walk out, you get to 2 Chronicles 20 and 22. And this is how we cheat. And I need you to learn how to cheat all day, every day. I need you to cheat on Thursday, cheat on Friday, cheat on Saturday, cheat on Sunday. Cheat on Monday. Cheat on Tuesday. Cheat on Wednesday. I'm going to teach you how to cheat. Because God says, you ain't losing. Yeah. Wednesday. Please encourage somebody next to you. Say, you're not losing. Say, but if it feels like you're losing, I'm going to help you cheat. Look at, look at, look at this. The moment they began their shouts and praises. Which means a shout isn't always a praise. Some shouts are to declare victory. Some shouts are to give him glory. Some shouts are to say, I win. Some shouts are to bless his name. Some shouts are to say, I just took you down. When they began to shout and praise, the Lord said, ambushes. Against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Look at me. Who had come against Judah. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. hold, up, hold up. Look at me. Look at me. God got them. And pay attention. Can I show you this? One, two, three. Come on. we we'll use you. God has need of you tonight. And then we're going to shout. But I need you to hear this. I used to ask God, God, why do you let people do certain things? Because see. I'm not from here, and I don't play these little Denver games, okay? All right? Okay? Hmm? Hmm? You understand? I used to say, God, like, they don't know me. And, like, and they playing their little games, doing their little witchcraft, doing their little attitudes and stuff. I was like, I will ask heaven to cancel them. (laughs) And I've got a... Let me... All I tell you is, he hears. See, when talk about cancel culture, I, I know how to cancel. I said, I'm not the one. I said, God, why do you let people do certain things? And here's what he said I let them do it to justify what I do next. You'll catch it in a minute. Look at the verse. He said, "So you got Mount, you got Ammonites. So you're gonna be Ammonites. Come on, you're gonna be Ammonites. Uh, Ammonites. Okay, face me. You gotta face me. So I'm, I'm gonna be King Jehoshaphat. Y'all ready? We about to go. I'm just showing you how to cheat. Look at the person next to you. Say cheat. Cheat. Then over here, you now Ammon means hidden, hidden stuff. Over here, you got the Moabites. You got generational curses, stuff that's been after you for years. You ready? Now in front, in front. Go ahead, in front, and face me, and face me." Then in front, the people from Mount Seir, their past. Which means Jehoshaphat is caged in with nowhere to go. Y'all ready? And look at what the verse says. And the moment they began to shout and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against them. Look at the scripture who had come, what? Against them. In other words, God says, I let them do that. To justify what I did next. I'm going to tell you. He let them get as close as they did. And mess with you as much as they did. Because he said when I get them. Oh I'm going to get them. And the Bible says. And they were what? Defeated. And for three days, the Bible says that the children of, of, of Judah, the people of Judah, were picking up spoils. How long? Three days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I prophesy, to everybody under the sound of my voice, we gotta go. But your shout tonight is about to set an ambush against your enemies, and you're about to see them defeated. And for the next three days, you're about to pick up some spoils. Let's cheat, y'all. One, two, three. Cheat. They shouted and they praised. They shouted and they praised. Do both. They They shouted and they praised. 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 They shouted and they. They shouted and they, they shouted and they praised. They shouted and they praised. Can I get about 20 radical people to get out of your seat and shout and praise? I I said I need just 20 of y'all to get out of your seat and to shout and to praise. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. They shouted and they praised. Look at me. They showed up for the battle. And then they did something crazy. Could you imagine going to meet with a lawyer for the opposing side? And while you're sitting there with the lawyer, you're like, hey! Why are you clapping? The Bible says when I clap my hands, it'll hiss the devil out of his place. Sometimes you need to clap in people's face just so the devil get the hell up out of here. Right? Just so the devil will get out your family. Just so the devil will get out your house. Just so the devil will get out. Look at me. The Bible says in the moment they did it, God was like, oh, I'm getting them now. Say, this is my winning plan. So, you're going to practice. And what you're about to do, you're going to do for your neighbor. Here's the sixth step to your plan. Repeat daily. That's the part I didn't give you on Sunday night. Say, repeat daily. Say it again, repeat daily. Say it again, y'all. Repeat daily. Repeat what daily? Desire Discipline Remember my training I'm going to eat my bread I'm going to cheat Then I'm going to repeat it on Thursday I'll have desire I'll have discipline I'll remember my training I'm going to eat my bread Then I'm going to do something crazy I'm going to shout And praise And then I'm going to do it again and then I'm gonna do it again, and then I'm gonna do it again. Do me a favor, get you one partner in this building, we gotta go, get you one partner in this building, get you one person, get you one person, just look at him, say you my partner, say you my partner, say you my partner. Say now together we gonna shout and praise. I'm gonna praise for you, and you gonna praise for me. Say I'm gonna shout for you, and you gonna shout for me. So you ready? I'm gonna cheat for you. You cheat for me. Are you ready Wednesday? In the building and at home, on the count of three, cheat for your neighbor. One, two, three, cheat for your... I'm cheating for you. I'm cheating for you. Glory! 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 I'll cheat for you, you cheat for me. I'll clap for you, you clap for me. I'll leap for you, you leap for me. I'll praise them for you. you and your enemy's defeated, and your enemy's defeated, and your enemy's defeated. And your enemies defeated, and your enemies defeated, and your enemies defeated. And for three days, you're gonna pick up spoils on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. If you think I'm prophesying to you, I need to hear you on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Some of y'all, when you get in your car, you just need to put a shout in your car. When you get home, you need to put a shout in your house. When you go to your job, you just need to walk in and holler. And they're going to say, what's she doing? Oh, I'm cheating. Because y'all ain't going to stress me out today. Y'all ain't going to start nothing with me today. Make sure you got a cheating section around you. Check the people around you. I'm going to give you one more opportunity, and we got to go. On three, release your shout and your praise. One more opportunity. One, two, three, go. I'm cheating. I'm cheating. This is how I fight my battles. 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 And I'm glad about it. And I'm glad about it. (laughs) Seems crazy, right? It seems crazy until you buy it. It seems crazy until you're driving it. It seems crazy until you're walking in it. It seems crazy until you get the judgment in your favor. It seems crazy until God turns the judge's heart. I don't know why I keep hearing that. There's judge's hearts that are about to be turned in your favor. It seems crazy until you wake up with no pain. It seems crazy until you wake up with no symptoms. Say, this is my winning plan. Get your communion. Get your communion. We got to go. Get your communion. If you need a communion element, just lift your, lift your hands up and the ambassadors will serve you. Online, part of our digital family, you can get your communion. You can order it right there. Totally free. You just got to pay to ship it. you know shipping costs are four dollars <laughs> They take forever. And it still be late. <laughs> uh, if you're in this building or you're online, you're not a Christian, before you can receive communion, communion is reserved for Christians. If you need to give your life to the Lord for the first time or recommit yourself to the Lord, wherever you're at, in this building or online, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to just slip one of your hands up. We're moving. Online, you leave the hand wave emoji or say it's me. You become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. If that's you tonight, just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to bring you down front. We're not going to have you come and confess all of what you've done to everybody. That ain't nobody's business. What I love about God is that he's perfect. We're not everybody look at me church is not perfect you want to know why you're here <laughs> that's why whether you're in the building or online it's imperfect people if you're looking for perfection you're not going to get it you should just die and go to heaven and then even then they're gonna say don't come up here with starting no mess <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm being funny. I'm being funny. All right? What I love about God is that we are imperfect. He is perfect. We are imperfect people who serve a perfect God. I need you to hear me. And it's worth it. If you're in this building, need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or to be sure. Or online, do the hand wave emoji, say, it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, slip that hand up. Online, do that, do that hand wave emoji, say, it's me. We celebrate your decision. That's how people are shouting. We celebrate your decision tonight. Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. You just pray that prayer for the first time. Take out your phone, scan that QR code, or text the word decision. One of the things I love about our New Atlanta family, is they were sending all kinds of words to the text group fellowship, I love the church, <laughs> I said, if y'all don't text what's on the screen, <laughs> I'm coming back, <laughs> I love it, text, text the word, text the word decision to 877-552-4746, a some of you are saved, but you need a shepherd. God says he'll give you shepherds after his own heart. And if I'm the man of God, God's called you to. You can live in Denver. You can live in Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America, around the world. We'd love for you to be a part of our family. Just text JOIN HARVEST to 877 or scan that QR code. Now, lift your communion to the Lord. We're about to go. Y'all good? Did you get, did you get this word tonight? Can I encourage you? Do not miss. Um, I always encourage you not to miss. But please do yourself a favor. Don't miss the next few messages to end this spiritual year. September 25th, it's over. You cross over into a new spiritual year. And it will be a new seven-year cycle. I'll explain what all of that means. Some of you are like, what is going on? I'll explain what all of that means. All I need to do is tell you is that I'm so glad you didn't break before it broke. Woo! I'm so glad you didn't break before it's going to break for you. Lift up the bread. Lifted is a heave offering. That means to lift up. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Father, as a bishop in your church, transform these elements to your blood and body. We receive now your body. in remembrance of what you've done for us. You can receive the bread. Peel the next layer back. Lift it up. The night Jesus was betrayed. He held up a chalice of wine. When he held it up, he said, this is my blood, the blood of a brand new, renewed covenant. He died for it, so you don't have to die from it. His blood washes you. Say, I'm washed. I'm cleansed. Who I was, I am no longer. In Jesus' name, you can receive the juice. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, if you came in late, you weren't able to give or you want to sew the seal. I want you to get that ready wherever you're at. If you came in late or you want to sew the seal, if the word speaks life into you, I want you to sew into it. Tonight, I've been telling you since May, and you all are saying this in the praise report. Some of y'all are tapping into it. Some of you. You're a little late to tap into it. I encourage you to tap into it. Um, What you sow tonight, I want you to put a 22 in it. Whatever you sow, I want you to put a 22 in it for this year. You can do $22, 22 cents, $200 and 22 cents. But everybody sow into this word tonight and call this my winning plan. I'm sowing because I never asked you to do what I don't do. Don't be mad at somebody's harvest if you ain't seen their seed. Can y'all not hear me? Or y'all just ain't saying nothing? Okay. I said, don't get mad at somebody's harvest if you don't see their seed. He gives seed to the what? Sower. I pray you give more this year than any previous year of your life. If you give more, what does that mean? You're going to reap more. Everybody sow something. Whatever you sow, put a 22 in it. How can you sow? You can use the cash app, dollar sign, Bishop Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N with the number two at the end. Paypal, Vidmo, Zell, Givelify, all of that's available. The email is hello at Harvest search that search. I love you, Wednesday. I miss y'all last Wednesday. I'm a shepherd that loves his sheep. I do. So while I was sitting on stage doing TV, part of me wanted to look in and see what y'all was doing. I did. Amen. And then we're back Sunday in this building, 9, 15, 11, 15. It's going to be amazing. Lift your giving to the Lord in the building and online. Look at the person next to you. Just smile. Say, I'm excited about your future. Release this blessing over them. Say, you're totally healed. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Amen. Say this with me. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm a faithful giver. Therefore, I flourish. All things work together for my good. I see the hand of the Lord working in my favor. In Jesus' name.
1: Slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby,
1: Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs)